Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby and if you're brand new to the show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So on today's show, we're going over all the black cards of Zendikar Rising. Uh, just as before, as we've done with every other episode, is this is not intended for you professional players out there or for the people who really want to win their limited or sealed or anything like that. Uh, this is more for us normies to where we're going to be talking about the, all the cards, uh, all the black cards is in the car rising and which ones are cool, which ones could be good for limited or sealed and which ones may be fun in constructed, mainly commander or maybe historic. So before we get out of the, or before we get into that, uh, let's just do a little bit of announcements. Uh, you can help support the show at patreon.com slash Um, You can go and check out the show's Discord as well. It is in the show notes now. I should have done that a while ago. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on Twitter at MagicWithZuby, on Instagram at Magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And we have two quick little ads before we get into all the black Zendikar cards. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping's at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic Vanormie show! Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, magic for, for Normies. Normies! It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning, we care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Do 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 do. Magic for normies. Alright, so we are starting off with our first black card here, Acquisitions Expert. It is one in a black, it's a human rogue. When this enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a number of cards from their hand equal to number of creatures in your party. You choose one of those cards, that player discards that card. So if you know you're having, you're gonna hopefully have a full party and all that, this would not be a bad card to play maybe in the mid to late game if you have a lot of creatures out. That way... You know, maybe you just make your opponent discard their whole hand, which would be awesome. And, I mean, besides that, e even if you only make them discard one card, hey, you know, discard is a very powerful thing in Limited. It's very, very annoying. Because there's not a whole lot of recursion in Limited most of the time. So, not a bad pick, not a bad pick, maybe early to mid pick if you know you're going in black there. Next up, we've got Agadim's Awakening, the first black mythic. 
For X triple black, it's a sorcery. Return from your graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creature cards that each have a different converted mana cost X or less. So has to be each have a different converted mana cost X or less. Okay, so it'd be, so let's say you pay three into it, then you could bring back a creature card that's three, two, or one. Um, it's not too bad. I, I kind of like that. I mean, I like that way better than the white mythic because um, I like graveyard recursion like this. And as usual, you can always use it as a swamp too if you need it. Um, not a very exciting mythic. Like I said, this, this mythic... And these like mythics here, these double face mythics here so far. I mean, blue has been the best one because of draw cards. Obviously, I know maximum hand size, but I gotta say, they're not very exciting, right? You know, they're not like because mythics have always been splashy and fun. So far, these have been kind of okay, they're good. Yeah, that's about it. They're good. You know, nothing like, oh my gosh, I have to have this type thing. Next up is Black Bloom Rogue for two and a black. It's a human rogue. It's a 2-3 with Menace. Menace is always good and, and limited. Uh, this gets plus 3, plus 0 oh, as long as his opponent has 8 or more cards in their graveyard. So uh, if you're doing Black Blue, since Blue does seem to have quite a bit of mill, and hopefully that's not too hard to get with mill here, so you could have a 5-3 with Menace. That's really powerful. Plus, this can flip around to be a swamp as well, too. Next up, we've got Blood Beckoning. For one black, it's a sorcery with a kicker cost of three. So for four mana, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. If this spell was kicked, instead, return two target creature cards from your graveyard to your hand. So the basic kind of recursion that black sees a lot. And, you know, even for one mana, if you don't kick it, you can return at least one creature card from your graveyard, which is not bad at all. Recursion is always good to have um, because it's hard to come by. Next up, we've got Blood Price. For three and a black, it's a sorcery. Look at the top four cards of your library. Put two of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. You lose two life. So it's sort of like sign in blood, but you get to sort of scry for. I mean, not really scry for, but you get to look at the top four cards, put two of them in your hand, and you lose two life. I mean, that's pretty basic black card draw. You know, this would not even be a bad card to play in EDH. Right now, I know Sign in Blood and uh, Read the Bones are technically better, but you know if you want another black cantrip in your EDH deck, here you go. This is not that bad at all, actually. In Limited, this is also a really good card in black as well, too. Losing two life is very minimal at best. and uh, Unless you're up against like a uh, mono-red aggro deck. Yeah, I know. You probably hear the dogs barking in the background, and I apologize. I will do my best to try to get rid of those sounds in the post-editing, and if I happen, I don't. I'm very sorry. It's my neighbors are fucking assholes, and I hate them very much. They leave their dogs out all day, and it sounds like they are abusing them. So, I'm sorry. Uh, next up is Blood Chief's Thirst. It's a one black sorcery with a kicker cost of two and a black. Destroy target creature or planeswalker and converted mana cost two or less. If this spell was kicked, instead destroy target creature or planeswalker. So this right here raises questions that are we going to have a planeswalker coming out very soon in the next few sets that costs two or less? Um, 
why would they print this card unless we weren't, right? So unless we aren't getting a Planeswalker cost two or less, then the, the wording of this kind of makes you go, oh, shit. Um, what kind of Planeswalker is this going to be? And please let it be a piece of crap. Um, but anyways, so for this is some pretty good removal. So for four mana, you get to basically destroy target creature Planeswalker, essentially. I don't see many people not paying the kicker cost for this or wanting to pay the kicker cost for this. Yeah, it could be good early on to get rid of a pesky creature that you know could be bad down the road, right? So, really good removal. This could definitely be a pack one pick one for sure. Uh, next up is Coveted Prize for four and a black. It's a sorcery. The spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. If you have a full party, you may cast a spell convert a mana cost four or less from your hand without paying its mana cost. Ooh. So, I mean, it, it's a tutor effect, right? You get to search your library for any card you want. But with a little added benefit there, if you happen to have a full party you may be able to get to cast that creature for free. And if party becomes a thing in EDH, this is going to be like one of the must-have cards in your EDH deck. Because if you have a full party, then it just costs one black. And if you have a full party, you get to cast it for free. Win-win um, there. A really good card. Really good. Now, as far as limited goes, it could be not too bad. Because, you know, a tutor effect in limited could be powerful, you know, even if you don't get the free casting cost of it, you know, maybe you want to find your bomb creature, that really coveted removal that you're looking for, right? Could be a good card. You know, this could possibly be a pack one, pick one. Next up is Deadly Alliance. It's a four and a black instant, and this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Destroy a target creature or planeswalker. So once again, some premium removal in black as usual, and this could definitely potentially be a pack one pick one because it's really good removal. It doesn't discriminate against converted mana cost or color or anything like that, and it just destroys any creature or planeswalker as well. Can't forget about those pesky little demons. Next up, we've got Demon's Disciple. Disciple. Uh, two and a black. It's a human cleric. It's a 3-1. When this enters battlefield, each player sacks a creature or planeswalker. Uh, so we got another playcrafter or... Um, oh my gosh, what's the other one? I, I see the art in my head. It's like a disgusting blob of a creature. I, I'm forgetting the name of it. But essentially, it's, a, it's another playcrafter. And same mana cost and everything. I think the toughness is a little bit less because I think Playcrafter is a 3-2. This is a 3-1, but anyways, I mean, yeah, it's good. It, it's Even if you end up having to sack the Demon's Disciple for it, you know, hey, you got rid of a pesky creature on your opponent's side. Really good card, early pick. And this will see standard play and EDH play as well. Next up, we've got Draina, the last Blood Chief. Three double black. It's a legendary vampire cleric. Excuse me, uh, flying with a 4 4. When this attacks, defending player chooses a non legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that card to the battlefield with a 1 1 counter on it. The creature is a vampire in addition to its other type. So if you open up in this pack, you pack one, pick one, hell yes. Just on its own, a four, 5 mana 4 4 with flying, awesome. Defending player has to choose a non legendary creature card in your graveyard. You return that. Oh my god, that is disgusting. So, 
this as your commander in EDH, I don't like this card at all. Like, it's a really good card, but holy crap. This is going to get disgusting. I can, This will definitely see play in Standard and Historic as well, too. This is going to get disgusting. Um, that's gross. Uh, if you are the defending player and your opponent happens to play Adrana, Drana, kill it right away. Please, do us all a favor and kill it right away. Kill it with fire. Burn it with fire. Give it some garlic and onion and put a stake through its heart. But otherwise, it's a really good card. Holy crap, is it good. Next up, we got Drana's Silencer for five and a black. It's a vampire rogue. It's a 3-2. When this enters the battlefield, target creature and opponent controls gets neg X, neg X until end of turn, where X is the number of creatures in your party. So once again, this is what I always like about black. Black has a lot of good creature removal here, and that is always so good and limited here. Um, and this is just going to be another awesome card to add to your party collection in your draft deck. It's it's not bad at all. 3-2 body for 6, eh, not the greatest, but the possibility of getting killing another creature when it comes into play makes it worth it. Next up, we've got Dreadworm for 4 and a black. It is a Worm Horror. It's a 5-4. Has landfall. When a, when a land enters the battlefield under your control, this gains indestructible until end of turn. That's not bad at all. So a 5-mana five 5-4 five that can possibly get indestructible... It, it kind of complements your deck there. It, it could be a good little bomb. Could be your good little secret there if you're going like black green, right? With some ramp, some hopefully some landfall. Um, and it's not it, a very worthy card to put in your limited deck. Otherwise, I don't see it seeing much play outside of limited. Next up, we've got Expedition Skulker. For one and a black, it's a Vampire Rogue. This has Death Touch as long as you control another Rogue. So a 2-2 two, two for two by itself is good. And it, with it, the possibility of having Death Touch makes it better. And it's not a bad creature to have. you know. And it's not hard to get another Rogue out onto the battlefield. Next up, we've got Feed the Swarm. For one and a black, it's a Sorcery. Destroy Target Creature or Enchantment. And opponent controls. You lose life equal to that perma permanent's converted mana cost. So this is one of the only black enchantment removals that have been printed. And it's not a bad card. Now this is going to see a ton of play in sideboards. And a ton of play in EDH as well too. Um, this is going to become an EDH staple for black. And since it's a common, it will not be expensive at all. Maybe the foils will be expensive, but the regular card will not be. And that's good. That's a good thing because black has been lacking enchantment removal a lot. And I do see myself definitely playing this in a lot of my EDH decks as well. Now, as far as limited goes, the destroy target creature effect is great. Some good removal with the slight downside of you losing life. Not the greatest thing, but hey, Maybe you need to take care of that pesky creature, and it's worth having. It's at least worth picking up one of them. Next up is Ghastly Gloom Hunter. For one and a black, it's a zombie bat with kicker three and a black. So for six mana, has flying lifelink. If this was kicked, it enters the battlefield with two 1-1 one, one counters on it. So for six mana, you can get a 3-3 three, three with flying lifelink. And, I mean... You know, hey, gaining life's always good in black, especially with a lot of the cards that have you lose your life. So it's not bad. Not a bad little creature for six mana. The flying's good too with the evasion. 
Uh, next up, we've got Goldraz Mucklord, a crocodile. He looks like a badass crocodile, let me tell you. For two and a black, it is a 2-3. So three mana, 2-3, pretty average. When this dies, put a 1-1 one, one counter and target creature you control. Pretty average card. You know, mid to late pick, more than anything. Next up, we've got Hagra Constrictor. For two and a black, it's a snake. This enters the battlefield with two 1-1 one, one counters on it. Oh, because it's a 0-0. Zero, zero. Each creature you control with 1-1 one, one counter on it has menace. Ooh. Ooh. So... I could see this definitely seeing play in EDH, like any kind of like Golgari counters deck or anything, because Menace is such a pain in the ass to deal with. So this is automatically going to have Menace on it right away. So a 2-2 with Menace for 3, plus the ability of giving your other creatures Menace. Ooh, this is going to be an early to mid pick if I know I'm going to hopefully get some counters going. I like that a lot. Holy crap. Um... What more can I say? I, I really like that, and I don't. I can see the scene playing Commander and Historic, especially Historic. There. Next up, we've got Hagra Mauling for two double black. It is an instant. This spell costs one less to cast if an opponent controls no basic lands. Ooh. So possibly punishing players that like to play nothing but non-basic lands. I know I have a few decks like that um, that may only have one to two basics. Destroy target creature, so possibly for three mana, it's a destroy target creature effect. And now in limited, almost 100% of the time, it's going to cost four mana. It's still a good removal spell to have, for sure. I'm, I'm not doubting that. Like, yeah, this could be a pack one, pick one, for sure. But in limited, don't don't get it twisted. 100% it's always going to cast four, cost four mana. Unless your opponent for whatever plays nothing but flip cards. I don't even think that's possible. I mean, I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, 100% it's always going to cost four mana and um, and limited there. Oh, look, and it's my asshole neighbor. I hate him. Yeah, I mean, I could tell the whole podcast about the asshole neighbors. Um, Anyway, so you can flip it over and turn it into land if you need it. Um, Next up, we've got Highborn Vampire. It's a three and a black vampire warrior. It's a four, three. So four, three for four, not bad. And it's a warrior to help fill out your party. And that's about all it does. So yeah, a mid to late pick. Next up is inscription of ruin for two and a black. And also has a kicker cost of two and double black. So for three, seven mana, you can choose all of these modes or choose any of these modes. Target opponent discards two cards. Return target creature card, converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Destroy target creature with converted mana cost three or less. So I could, I mean, I could even see myself pack one picking one this as well, um, just for the destroy target creature effect for three mana, essentially. And for seven mana, you know, hey, you get to do all of them, which is not a bad thing as all as well. Um, so it's not a bad card. I don't see it seeing much play in standard, at least. I mean, unless I'm completely wrong, but it doesn't seem to be that great unless it's limited or possibly even EDH, but even EDH, there's better cards you could cast for seven mana than this. Next up, we've got Lithiform Blight. For one and a black, it's an enchantment aura. You can enchant land with this. When this enters the battlefield, draw a card. Enchanted land loses all land types and abilities and has. You can tap this to add colorless and 
tap this to pay one life add one mana of any color so you could effectively affect one of your opponent's lands for this which wouldn't be bad making them pay life but you could also i, I could see this also seeing play like if you need it as well you, you know because hey paying the one life is not the worst thing but maybe you need that third color or something or that fourth color to be able to splash something but otherwise you know it's at best it's a two mana cantrip that kind of screws up your opponent's lands a little bit and that's about it uh, otherwise i mean i'd be looking for something else this would be a late pick more than anything i'd be looking for stuff that would help me progress further into the match to help me win the game next up we've got malakir blood priest for one and a black it's a vampire cleric it's a two one for two when this enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life or X's number of creatures in your party. So at worst, they're going to lose one life and you gain one life. And at best, then they lose four life and you gain four life. So not a bad card, you know, a 2-1. Like I said, they're pushing these commons more and more. Oh my gosh, the common is just... Commons are busted now, a lot of times it feels like. Next up, we've got Malakir Rebirth. For one black, it's an instant. Choose target creature, you lose two life. Until end of turn, that creature gains. When this creature dies, return it to the battlefield tapped under its owner's control. So it could be a cool little combat trick if it has an ETB effect and you know it's about to die or something. Boom, you cast this and then it comes back. And if it happens to be completely useless, hey, you can flip it and turn it into a land. Not bad, not bad. Next up, we've got Marauding Blight Priest. For two and a black, it's a vampire cleric. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. Ooh. So you pair this up with Vito, and I mean, I know Vito does more damage, but hey, even a common card. Heck, I could even see this scene playing EDH decks like the uh, the Aristocrats type EDH decks. Um, even in uh, Limited, it's not a bad card because, hey, there's ways to gain life and just pecking them down one life at a time is very useful e e a 3-2 for 3 is not a bad creature as well either I'd rather it be a 2-3 but 3-2 I'll take it I'll take it more of a mid to late pick more than anything all right next up we've got mine carver for one black it's an artifact equipment when this enters the battlefield attach it to target creature you control Equip creature gets plus one plus oh it gets plus three plus one instead as long as an opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard and the equip cost is two and a black so if you know you're going trying to go the mill strategy great card to have otherwise eh, i mean it's decent it's decent i mean more of a mid to late pick more than anything next up is mind drain it is two and a black sorcery target opponent discards two cards mills a card and loses one life you gain one life wow <laughs> that is really good instead of just like the the normal mine rot where target opponent just discards two cards do do i not keep saying commons are getting busted here target opponent discards two cards awesome great always good to have and limited then mills a card and loses one life and you gain one life that is really good um not as good as removal or anything like that don't get me wrong but still definitely a worthy card to play in limited more mid to late pick 
more than anything. Hell, I may like early pick that. <laughs> if I know I'm gonna try to do like mill, blue, black, and all that, oh, I'm getting plenty of those cards. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to play some sealed on this. Um, next up, <laughs> next up, we've got Nighthawk Scavenger for one double black. It's a vampire rogue. It's a one plus star slash three. And there's a little bit of math there. Um, ooh, excuse me. Uh, flying Death Touch Lifelink. Nighthawk Scavenger's power is equal to one plus a number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards. So cards in graveyards have only the characteristics of their front face. So it's pretty much vampire Tarmogoyf. So what they mean by card types is they mean counting the card types like creature, instant, sorcery, planeswalker, artifact, land, etc., etc. And so it's very similar to Tarmogoyf, but it only affects your opponent's graveyards, though. Um, I'd probably still pack one, pick one this because, you know, eventually your opponent's going to have stuff in their graveyards. And even at a 1-3... A flying death touch lifelink is nothing to scoff at either because it could be a very valuable blocker, could be a good, you know, attacker for gaining life back. And it's a lot of things you could do. I would definitely pack one, pick one this. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's going to see play in standard at some, like standard or historic. Um, EDH, on the other hand, I could see it like in a vampire deck. I don't see why not. Um, Especially in EDH, you got three other opponents, and especially if one of them is playing like a graveyard shenanigans, boom, there you go. Next up, we've got Namana Skitter Sneak. Three and a black, it's a human rogue. As long as the opponent has eight or more cards in their graveyard, this gets plus one, plus O, oh, and has Menace. So if you're on that mill plan, this becomes a 4-4 four, four with Menace. Heck yes, I definitely would be picking that if I know I'm going into mill. Next up is Namana Skydancer for two and a black. It's a human rogue flash flying. When this enters the battlefield, target opponent mills two cards. Two, one. Oh my gosh. I'm definitely going mill when I'm playing limited here. Oh man. I th th This is awesome. Next up, we've got Null Priest of Oblivion for one and a black. It's a vampire cleric with a kicker cost of three and a black. So for six mana, you can play it, you know, kick it all together. It's a two, one with menace and lifelink. When it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Oof. Oof. So for six mana, I would not even mind paying the whole six mana for that. Getting to return any target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So reanimator decks that I see in Historic, I could definitely see people playing that in the reanimator decks in Historic, even in EDH. Um... You know, pack one, pick one for sure. That's just so good. So good. I mean, I know a 2-1 Menace Lifelink is not the greatest body and all that stuff, but man, such a good card. Oblivion's Hunger for one in a black. It's an instant target creature you control gains indestructible until end of turn. Draw a card if that creature has a plus one, plus one counter on it. So you get to basically save a creature, and if it has a one, one counter on it, you get to draw a card. Um... Good, always good combat trick, more of a mid to late pick more than anything, but it's always handy to have in case your opponent has a kill spell or they block it and you don't want that creature to die, right? Boom, now you now it can't die. Next up, we've got Palaka Predation. 
Tuna Black Sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a card from it. We convert a mana cost three or greater. That player discards that card. I mean, it's it's always good to know what your opponent's playing. And, you know, in limited, you have a good chance of discarding, making them discard a card. So it's not bad. And the benefit of it is if you don't ever need it, then boom, it becomes a land if you need the land. So not a bad card. Mid, mid pick, mid to late pick, I think. Next up, we've got Scion of the Swarm. Ooh, I like that. Instead of Scion of the Storm, Scion of the Swarm. Three double black vampire cleric. It's a flying 3-3. Three, three. So five mana flying 3-3. Three, three. Okay, cool. Whenever you gain life, put a 1-1 one, one counter on this. Ooh, even better. I like it. I like it a lot. And it's a vampire cleric. Helps you fill out your party. Boom, there you go. And you know, early to mid pick. Even if you never gain any life, it's a 3-3 three, three flying. And flying is always great evasion and limited there. Next up, we've got Scourge of the Skyclaves. For one and a black, it's a demon creature. Its power and toughness are star star. Has kicker cost of four and a black. When you cast this spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. Scourge of the Skyclaves power and toughness are each equal to 20, minus the highest life total among players. Oh my gosh. So... Okay, okay, this is going to be a really stupid EDH card because for five, six, seven, so for seven mana, each player is going to lose half their life. Oh, it's each player. Oh, it's not each opponent. Oh, that's even going to count yourself. Ooh, could be possible drawback, but if you got a way, you know, you can try to win or it could be one of those super grindy EDH games that doesn't seem to be going anywhere and just like, oh, boom. Yeah, now everyone loses half their life. Thank you. Come again. So uh, in limited, though, seven mana, you're going to make your opponent also lose half their life. Oh, man. Ooh, 20 minus the highest life total among players. Oh, among players. So it could even be yourself. So let's say both players just have 10. So this is a 10-10. Oof. Oof. And then watch your opponent just kills the creature and um <laughs> God. I like this card. Ooh, I like this card. Um Oh, I like it, but I don't like it because you know it's gonna see so much stupid EDH play that people are just gonna wanna do. Um Yeah, pack one, pick one. I mean, yeah, why not? <laughs> I would I'd almost try to wait until you know, maybe both of us have a little bit less life because I wouldn't want to kick it exactly. But, you know, hey, could be fun. Could be fun. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. That's crazy. That's like that one card. Um. Oh, what is it? It replaced the Grixis Delver decks in modern. Um, Grixis Shadow. Uh, I forget the name of the card. Does something similar to it. I mean, not as good as the Shadow creature but oof oof i like that oh my gosh would this see play in like those shadow modern decks too maybe maybe that's nah, really expensive though uh maybe not maybe not all right all right all right moving on next up is shadow stinger see this is okay this is what i'm talking about with a splashy mythic right that's splashy that's fun that's like 
oh man, really gets you thinking of the craziness that you could possibly do with that card. That is a fun mythic. Doesn't feel too powerful because it could easily get killed, but it's fun as well too. Like the Timmy in me just screams like, oh my gosh, I want to play that card. I want to play it. Next up is Shadow Stinger for two and a black. It's a vampire rogue. It's a 1-4, so 1-4 for three. Eh, not the greatest. Tap another untapped rogue you control. Shadow Stinger gains death touch until end of turn. When this deals combat damage to a player, that player mills three cards. Okay, so mill effect, in pl mill plan in effect. So, yeah, I would take this mill card if I know I'm going mill. Or maybe to help out my party if I want to make this a good blocker and kill something with it, right? Next up is Shadow's Verdict for three double black sorcery. Exile all creatures and planeswalkers with converted mana cost three or less from the battlefield. And all creature and planeswalker cards and converted mana cost three or less from all graveyards. Whoa. Okay. So... Not exactly the black board wipe we need. Um, it definitely stops some graveyard creatures, like stops Luris and all that in standard or historic, um, and cat oven combo stuff. But oh man, even in even in freaking um, what do you call it? EDH. Like this could stop a lot of aristocrats decks too. Especially with all the pesky creatures they keep getting back in their graveyards. Um, I like this. Now, as far as limited goes... I mean... I, I, I'm I trying to think, like, would I want to pack one, pick one this? It's very... God, I, I would have to... You'd have to see if there's anything better in the pack. Um, otherwise, yeah, I might if there's nothing better. Like, I'd probably look for a creature first. This one... Uh, maybe I would pack one pick one this. Yeah, maybe I would. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a tough decision there. I, I think I would pack one pick one that card. I think so. I really like the art on it. The art's kind of, um, kind of creepy looking. Giant skeleton demon monster. It's kind of creepy when you look at it. Alright, next up we've got Skyclave Shade for one and a black. It is a shade creature with kicker cost of two and a black. It can't block. It's a 3-1. If it was kicked, it enters a battlefield with two 1-1 one -one counters on it. So it can become a 5-3. So a 5-3 for 5. Okay. Uh, has landfall whenever land enters a battlefield under your control. If this was in your graveyard and it's your turn, you may cast it from your graveyard this turn. Hey, that's not bad either. So a recurring creature that keeps coming back. I'd pack one, pick one. This heck yeah. Even if, even if I was more on the aggro plan and I just pay and I didn't play the kick, pay the kicker cost for it. I mean, the three one that's pretty dang good. Um, I mean, it's we see that all the time in white, right? The two mana three ones. Um, but I really like the effect of you're gonna be playing land. So oh look, it died. And I'm just gonna bring it back and I'm gonna bring it back. I like it. Uh, next up, we got Skyclave Shadow Cat for three and a black. It's a cat horror. It's a 3-3. Three, three. You can pay one and a black and sack another creature, put a 1-1 one, one counter on this. Or, whenever a creature you control with a 1-1 one, one counter on it dies, draw a card. It's not bad. If you're going counter theme in 
limited, this is a great card to have to your collection. Otherwise, it's like, so it's a four mana three, three that allows you to sack a creature and pump this up. Maybe you want to sack a creature. Like maybe you get Skyclave Shade and then Skyclave Shadow Cat. Okay, Skyclave Shade and Shadow Cat go and fight. Oh no, this got blocked, but this got blocked too, but I can kill the thing that it blocked or whatever. And oh, I'm just going to sack it. Boom, pump it up. Boom. You know, stuff like that. Boom. Just boom. And that's sort of like the sounds I make in my mind when I'm playing. So it's not a bad card. Not a bad card. Next up is Soul Shatter. For two and a black, it's an instant. Each opponent sacks a creature or planeswalker with the highest converted mana cost among creatures and planeswalkers they control. I love the art on this card. It is wonderful art. Uh, you did a really good job, Wiley Beckert. Wiley or Willy Beckert? Oh, it looks like more like a Wiley, I think. Maybe. So, I mean, another kind of removal spell. So each opponent... This will also be useful in EDH as well, too. I mean, board wipes would be better, obviously. Something like that. But hey, maybe there's that really pesky Eldrazi you want to get rid of. And boom, they just have to sack it now. Um, and it's an instant. That's really good. Really good. It could be a pack one, pick one. Uh, next up is Subtle Strike. One in a black. Um, is it? Have we seen that? Is this a reprint or no? It's an instant for two mana. Choose one or both. Target creature gets neg one, neg one until end of turn, or put a one one counter on target creature. Um, not a bad little combat trick either. Could definitely be some decent removal for those like three one creatures or two one creatures, and or to pump up your creature as well too. Um, all right, getting on to Tabarax, hopes hopes demise for two and a black. It's a demon cleric two two with flying. This has lifelink as long as it has five or more one one counters on it. Whenever a non another whenever a non token creature you control dies, put a one one counter on Tabarax. If that creature was a cleric, you may draw a card. If you do, you lose one life. So, and wow, this could be really good in Aristocrats here, um, just with all the sack effects that happen in like Orzov or Mono Black Aristocrats. And if that happened to be a cleric, you get to draw a card. Wasn't there someone saying online something about like Shadowborn Apostles or something? Because aren't those clerics? And you just keep sacking those and you just draw a bunch of cards. If you do, you lose one life. Well, I mean, it's not too bad because, you know, especially in EDH, you're going to have a lot of life anyway. So, but as far as limited goes, I mean, I would pack one pick one this because it's just a flying 2-2. Two -two, and... If you, I mean, you're going to have creatures that die, right? And you get to pump this up as well, too. It's a really good creature, I, I would say. Next up is Thwart the Grave for four double black. It's a sorcery. So for six mana, this spell costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. So it could potentially cast only two black mana. Return target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue warrior, or wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So you get to return two target creature cards potentially from your graveyard to the battlefield not a bad recursion card for sure definitely would be an early to mid pick for me if i know i'm going like full party even if i'm not going full party i mean you're gonna have something from that party right it's inevitable like majority of the people are so it's not a bad card Next up is Vanquish the Weak for Tuna Black. It's an instant. Destroy target creature with power three or less. This almost could have looked like a fatal push card looking at the art with it. 
they're falling down from a floating island thing they could have been pushed off so destroy target creature power three or less not a bad removal um early to mid pick for sure and our last but certainly not least black card for zendikar rising is zoff consumption for four double black it is a sorcery each opponent loses four life and you gain four life and you can flip it to make it a land if you need it so overall not the best or not the worst card six mana that is pretty costly i'd rather have a creature card at that but eh, maybe if you think you're gonna be mana screwed or whatever and you need the land take it otherwise eh, look for something else that's not the greatest you know it, it, it's good it's good the effect but it's just the mana cost is pretty prohibitive all right, so there you have it. Those are all the black cards for Zendikar Rising. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And next on, we are getting right on to the red cards of Zendikar Rising. Hope you all enjoyed the episode, and thank you all for listening and watching out there, and have a great day.